One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Gabe, how are you? I'm great. I've, I feel pretty good today. I feel, it's a little cold. It's a little cold, right? Uh, yeah, it is a little cold. But um, you know what? What are you going to do? Am I right? That's right. I mean, at least we're not being hosed down with freezing cold water by the police department. Oh, it's funny you bring that up because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Isn't that a hoot? I can't wait. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, we got some great guests. Hello, this is Nisa. Hello, and welcome to the Gady Helper Show. We have a great show for you today. It's a great way to feel less guilty about celebrating the genocide of indigenous people in the Americas, otherwise known as Thanksgiving. It's about Standing Rock, and we talked to three guests, guys, three. We talked to filmmaker Josh Fox, who's on his way to Standing Rock, North Dakota. We talked to Dea Schlossberg, a filmmaker who was arrested for covering protests around Standing Rock. And we talked to Nisa Seneca, who is a member of the Seneca Nation and also was at Standing Rock, about her experiences. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash thegatyhelpershow. You get great bonus content. We're going to be posting... Uh, some great extra content from Ben Jealous, some video content from Ben Jealous. We're going to be posting some video content from our interview with Dea. Hello, and we're so excited to be doing this bonus extra interview with Josh Fox. Of course, Josh Fox, we've had him on before, and he is a filmmaker, director of Gasland and How to Let Go and love everything climate can't change josh is actually on the bus right now right as we speak on his way to standing rock so can you just tell us to tell listeners why you're going the latest developments why this is an important cause and if you have any thoughts about how people should celebrate thanksgiving given the that this is a a, a cause that's obviously related to native americans but not exclusively like, the Native Americans. Yeah, those but. are great questions. Well, first of all, um, I'm going back to Standing Rock for the second time. I was at Standing Rock about two weeks ago for about a week, ten days, and I was reporting on the conflict there that's happening um, between the police and, the, and which are defending the Dakota Access Pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipeline Company from peaceful protectors of their watershed at Standing Rock Reservation. If you haven't heard about this, the basic situation is there is a fracked oil pipeline coming from western North Dakota, from the fracked oil fields of North Dakota, snaking its way across the state and scheduled to deliver oil, fracked oil, all the way to Illinois. In order to do that, it has to cross the Missouri River. The original route of the pipeline brought that pipeline through Bismarck, but the mostly white residents of Bismarck complained and said, okay, well, this is a threat to our, our water supply in Bismarck. We don't want it here. So the Army Corps of Engineers and the Dakota Access Pipeline Company conveniently rerouted the pipeline through the Native American Reservation through their only watershed. Um, oh, in an, how accommodating of them. Continuing our fine tradition of environmental racism and oppression of Native peoples in the United States. Right. So um, the Youth Council of the, of the Standing Rock Reservation 
many other uh, tribes, decided to call attention to this by doing a run from their reservations in North Dakota all the way to Washington, D.C. And these youth who were in their uh, teens and 20s ran on foot a thousand miles from North Dakota all the way to D.C. And it has since become quite a, a huge international issue. It is at the center of the fight for indigenous sovereignty, for climate change, for, for fracking, for civil rights, because what has happened is the pipeline company snaked up to either side of this river. They do not have a permit from the Army Corps of Engineers to go underneath the river. The North Dakota police have been behaving with such violence and such excessive force. This is a militarized police force that has uh, gone out of control. They're firing rubber bullets at peaceful demonstrators. I have been there, seen many, many demonstrations. Never, never once have I seen a protester. Well, they call um, themselves uh, water protectors, not protesters. Right. Never once have I seen the water protectors ever be violent. I've never seen anyone with a weapon. These are 100% peaceful protests, miraculously so. And yet you see this police force out of control, um, firing rubber bullets, uh, tear gas, um, mace and pepper spray, uh, torturing and beating people, hooding people, uh, spraying water cannons at them in 20-degree weather. Uh, my colleague Erin Schrode was hit in the back as she was in the, in the middle of doing an interview, uh, a CNN correspondent um, with a rubber bullet. She was having a very hard time walking for the next week afterwards. And just two nights ago, three nights ago, uh, a concussion grenade was thrown into the crowd of water protectors, hitting Sophia Wilansky, who is uh, a volunteer water protector from New York City, and, sh and destroying her uh, her forearm, um, uh, ripping it practically almost off. She's in surgery now. It may have to be amputated. Right. Um, really, really, really gruesome scene. Had that concussion grenade hit her head, no question she would be dead. And what's very, right. very worrisome right now is that this increasing violence on behalf of the North Dakota police and the Dakota Access Pipeline against peaceful protesters um, is, you know, has gone out of control and is reminiscent of, of scenes from the 60s where we saw the police force of, uh, you know, and the governors of Alabama and Mississippi um, in blatant racial-based attacks on civil rights protesters. What we're asking is that people immediately petition Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and the Attorney General Loretta Lynch to bring in the Department of Justice now to stop the forward movement of this pipeline and stop this out of control rogue police force from continuing violence against American citizens who are protesting and it is our right to protest in nonviolent ways. So on my Facebook page, which is uh, easy to find, and also on my Twitter feed, uh, at Josh Fox Film, again, at Josh Fox Film, that's my Twitter feed. There are many, many videos we're asking people to use the hashtag peacegiving instead of mm. thanksgiving, and to tweet at Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Loretta Lynch to say, please, Step in and stop the violence in Standing Rock. Step in and stop the violence against these peaceful protesters in the effort to put pressure on the Obama administration. It's one small way that we can do this. We're asking people to call the Department of Justice and ask them, please, do step in right now. You've got a situation which needs supervision and a racist, violent police force right. that are the ideological and genealogical descendants of General Custer playing out in miniature 400 years of oppression against the Native American people. We're really asking people to, as they sit down for their Thanksgiving meal, to remember 
that that Thanksgiving, uh, you know, school kids in America think about this as some sort of peaceful generosity between Native Americans and, and Americans. You know, Native Americans uh, see this as the beginning of a genocide. Right, right. Um, Slightly different perspective. More, more historically backed up also. The Thanksgiving myth is one that really needs to be dispelled. But right now, when we have torture and violence happening against Native Americans and people who are coming to to defend them. The torture, what kind of, when you say torture? I don't use that word lightly. Earlier in the month or in October, when there were protesters who were doing things that were peaceful, but yes, obstructive, uh, chaining themselves to bulldozers, uh, cementing themselves to heavy machinery, um, there were accounts of the North Dakota police, rather than you know, simply disengaging those protesters and cutting through their concrete barriers and the things that, that normally police would do in a situation where you have peaceful protesters who are, yes, obstructing machinery uh, but are not being violent. Instead, we heard accounts of, of police then putting those protesters in, in stress positions by mm. uh, chaining their arms and legs to the machines, mm. uh, hooding them, mm. hooding them like in Afghanistan, mm. uh, and then pouring water over the hoods. Like uh, a little they, Abu Ghraib. Yeah. Very pictures reminiscent of Abu Ghraib. I talked with some of those protesters myself who were quite roughed up the last time I was there. Additionally, shooting water cannons at 20 degree weather, which instantaneously freezes, is lethal force. But when you're talking about people who have assembled to peacefully have prayer ceremonies to protect water, to weaponize water, to take the very water that they are trying to protect and use it as a weapon against them. In the spiritual terms that these people are operating, you know, the earth is sacred, the water is sacred, and these kinds of things are, are definitely abuses uh, of human rights. Um, they're undue force. And, you know, in the case of the stress positions and, and waterboarding and so on, of hooding prisoners, these are things reminiscent of the torture regime of George yeah. Bush. And it is torture, yeah. Now, is there something that Obama could do that could make it impossible for Trump to, to destroy this? Is there anything that he, he could... He could make it very difficult for them to do that. The truth is they did not do an environmental impact study. They should be doing that. And, you know, look, there's two different things that have to happen here. One is a legal strategy against the pipeline, period. And the pipeline cannot be allowed to be constructed right now. That's just the way it's going because it is a real severe threat to the water, the water for 17 million people. Obama should order an environmental impact study right away and, you know, include it in his climate change legacy. Obama could make Standing Rock a national monument. National monument status would make it very difficult to put the pipeline through. Uh, but those, and those are very important strategies. Uh, what we really need right now, however, is an end to the violence. This is very, very scary. I myself will be staying at the, at the Ocheti uh, Sakawin camp. Um, that is a place that um, is very vulnerable, uh, but it is a very peaceful, self-organizing, quite amazing community. We want to make sure that this police force, this, this rogue is out of control, is uh, policed themselves right now by the department. Right. Just, we feel unsafe doing these things because that police force has been shown to be so out of control. We need Obama to step in right away and bring in observers from the federal government now. Um, it's really disturbing. And uh, I like the, I love the way that the, the, the sheriff's department has the gall to say that they were spraying them with hoses, not with water cannons. Well, <laughs> this um, Morton County police uh, has been 
dumbfounding in terms right. of their absolute denials of their own actions. Um, Aaron Schrody, my, my, my colleague who was doing reporting with me side by side two weeks ago, um, who is a CNN correspondent, who is a congressional candidate oh for the Democratic Party, the youngest congressional candidate in, in the history for, from California, um, shot in the back with a rubber bullet. The Department of, uh, of Police there uh, refused to acknowledge that that even happened. I don't know what's, even more, what's more disturbing, actually shooting at reporters or refusing to acknowledge that it happened or, have, or having clearly discharged rubber bullets and having no record of that. Right. Um, this department says that they didn't do anything. I mean, it's like you get your hand. I don't know how to de describe the outrageous, absolutely, utterly outrageous behavior of this department. Right. To throw a concussion grenade at a 21-year-old girl who's bringing water to the front lines, um, Sophia Walensky destroying her arm, um, and then blockading the highway so that she, her ambulance can't get out for eight hours. Yes, well, yes, well this is the whole point, right? This uh, police department and the Dakota Access Pipeline are acting together. Um, they had burned up trucks and uh, concertina wire and Jersey barriers uh, blockading State Route 1806, which is a, a public road. I don't know by what authority a police department or a, uh, a pipeline company can blockade a public road. Now they are building a wall in the middle of the public highway. Oh that God. is the fastest route to Bismarck. That is the fastest route for anyone to get care. And for the police to be doing what they're doing in the way that they're doing it is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and it is out of control. And, and, and we, are, we, are, we are, I am terrified that there will be loss of life. I am terrified that there will be further violence. We're asking people, please, do call the Department of Justice. This is one of those situations right. that needs, desperately needs to be monitored, needs attention. We've heard reports of, uh, you know, TP flaps being ripped open uh, by M4 rifles, people being pulled out of prayer ceremonies, sacred objects such as peace pipes and eagle feathers being ripped from, um, you know, people in the middle of prayer ceremonies uh, and not returned. These are human rights violations. Um, those people were arrested, thrown in jail, and, and when the jails filled up, they threw them in dog kennels, makeshift cages in the basement of the police department, and yet they were given numbers on their arms. People are hungry for this information. Right. People want to know right. what is happening. Um, uh, you know, at Standing Rock, because the mainstream media is not reporting. Yeah. Go. Okay. We've got to go get supplies. Okay, uh, thank great. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. We're so excited to be talking to Nisa Seneca, a lawyer and water protector who just came back from North Dakota. So, Nisa, welcome. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. So, I wanted to know if, if you could start off by telling us what brought you there in the first place to Standing Rock. Uh, I've, been, I've been following you know, Dapple for a while, probably since it started on social media. My, my father, myself, my two brothers, and my cousin all went to pack their bags and went to Standing Rock. We live 25 hours away. Wow. When we were emailing before the show, you said that my interest and support of No Dapple is the same as many natives across the country, as it intersects with the sovereignty of Indian nations and our rights to the water and land. I cannot not spread the message of Standing Rock in good conscience. My nation, the Seneca Nation of Indians, has had its land condemned by the Army Corps of Engineers in the 1960s for the Kinsua Dam and also faced a militarized police presence in 1997 while we were just protesting for our treaty rights. What what did you see when you first got there, and what are the conditions like? You know, they basically have a camp set up in an open field next to 
a small creek. There's just multiple campfires around. When you first arrive at the main camp, there's a long dirt road, and there's all of the flags of the nations, the different tribal nations that came there set along. I mean, it's just kind of amazing the type of support that they're getting across all the different tribal nations across the Americas. When we first got there, there's people protecting all the gates. The people who are running the camp, and they're just making sure that no weapons or drugs or alcohol is coming into the camp. I mean, they tightly control all of that, and, it, and they they don't hesitate to kick anyone out if they're not abiding by their rules. And what do you think about the violence from the state? Yeah, we went to the actions all the days that we were there. So we went to three or four different actions that they set up, and the one was quite violent. In all the actions, the police are in full riot gear. They have canisters of tear gas, they're carrying their batons, they're carrying guns with rubber bullets, you know, sound cannons ready and concussion grenades. So it's pretty intimidating. I wasn't expecting, you know, the like a militarized response like that for peaceful protests. None of the rather protectors have any weapons. Some of them have signs that they're carrying. That's a that's about it. And to come up against, you know, that kind of militarized response, you know, it's just intimidating. But there was a protest on Tuesday the 15th that we went to near the railroad tracks off Highway 10, and that did get pretty violent. My brothers and I were linked arm in arm um, trying to protect people. Police were just spraying mace across the crowd. It wasn't targeted. They are just doing it intermittently, you know, like every other police officer. And my, my brother was me. Oh, wow. And what, what, is, what is it like? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the things that are happening, we think of them as not very violent, right? Like, oh, rubber bullets, no big deal. Mace, meh. But I think that people aren't aware of how painful and violent these things are. You know, you think, well, tear gas or, or mace, it's not a very big deal. But it is. I felt really bad. Um, my brother, he was wearing goggles, so he didn't get it directly in his eyes. But he was still hurting a lot. And even to be near him, like, you could smell it. It would burn your nostrils just from being next to him. And so I can't imagine how he felt. Um, but I did see one protector when we were leaving. That's when it got really hectic because people were trying to leave in their cars and the police were picking off people one by one or arresting certain people. It looked like to me that they had a list or they picked out people that they thought were leaders and they were targeting them to be arrested. I guess it just had a very visceral reaction to it because we're just not used to having that kind of militarized presence in our face and right. like, these people aren't doing anything they're standing there they're just trying to make their presence known for their cause and lots of people are being being treated for hypothermia right because it's freezing and then they're blasting cold water on them and one of the medics this is from an article in the intercept but one of the medics he said they were just hosing people down with their water cannon that continued for the entirety of the four hours I was out there watching. So the the sheriff's department in Morton County, where this is happening, has a very different uh, account of what, what what's going down because several witnesses and some video footage show uh, protesters being attacked by water cannons. Sheriff Kyle Kirchmeyer says this is just a fire hose. 
we don't have water cannons. And he said, it was sprayed more as a mist, and we didn't want to get it directly on them, but we wanted to make sure to use it as a measure to help keep everybody safe. We're just not going to let people and protesters in large groups come in and threaten officers. That's not happening. And he described the protesters as very aggressive. A bunch of medics and witnesses described this as not at all a spray. Remember, these are the water cannons that the sheriff's department is claiming doesn't exist. The same sheriff is also claiming that this is a mist. It's to keep them safe. It's a safety mist. Yeah, it's the safety mist to keep them hydrated. Yeah. You got to keep them hydrated, right? <laughs> um he just doesn't. Yeah, actually, you know what it is? It's that they're they want to make sure the tear gas. They're trying to flush out the tear gas. So they put in they they spray <laughs> yeah, tear gas, then the mace, and then this is their. You're so basically they're saying like you're the, welcome. This is the the rinse station you have in a science class yes. when you get covered in chemicals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't pushed that narrative. I know it's just really reckless of them too because it was below freezing. I think the you know the. Fahrenheit degrees was like 25 degrees and then the real feel was only like 15 so somebody could have really got hypothermia and died and they're lucky they didn't kill anyone you know but the one woman she was maimed yeah so um, that's Sophia Wolanski so 21 years old from New York Sophia Wolanski she was hit with a concussion grenade Sounds very non-lethal, by the way. Concussion grenade? You're right. Wow. A concussion grenade. What could go wrong with that? A concussion grenade. We're going to lightly mist you, and then after after a a mace bathing, and then shoot you in the arm with a concussion grenade. It's like, what's the hard, a Thai massage? Like, what's the the, Uh, the harsh massage? It's like the deep Deep tissue tissue. massage of the deep state. Yeah, yeah, exactly, of the deep state. So, so what she what happened to her? Sorry to transition from that joke into something very serious, but we try to on this show, uh, Nisa. We try to laugh a, instead of cry about certain things. Oh yeah, but take it, we take it seriously, of course. But we try to use humor to get our, get the the sad messages out there to people who otherwise would maybe not listen. This is horrible. So all the muscle. Her father released a statement that said all of the muscle and soft tissue between her elbow and wrist were blown away. She will be every day for the foreseeable future fearful of losing her arm and hand, which is just uh, insane. And of course, the sheriff's department denied using concussion grenades and suggested the injury was caused by explosives allegedly used by protesters. The only problem is that uh, those statements are totally refuted by Sophia's testimony and by eyewitnesses who watched police intentionally throw concussion grenades at unarmed people. Here's another piece of evidence. Here, this is really, I'm not sure, I don't know where I come down on this story. Because on the one hand, you have the sheriff's department that claims that they were just hydrating and misting people and spraying people. And now they're claiming that it was some kind of explosive that the protesters had not a concussion grenade because they don't use concussion grenades right the only problem is again her testimony witnesses testimony and the lack of charring of flesh at the wound site and you know what else there are these grenade pieces that have been removed from her arm in surgery they could have been a pre-existing condition (laughs) pre-existing you're right actually what happened is she had she had a congenital condition it's called grenade in arm it's like how some people have, uh, they have like a twin absorbed. Teratoma. In, yeah, and they have like a like a twin's tooth in their yeah. body or something. It's like a little twin with hair and teeth. This so woman had that. She had but a absorbed grenade. her grenade <laughs> in utero. Her mom was a, must, was a soldier or something. So that is a pretty horrible thing, and she has a GoFundMe site. But that's the issue is that they're they're trying to save her arm. 
It may not have to be amputated, mm-hmm. but it definitely has major damage and will not be fully functional, of course. And there are also other injuries and a- another medic at the scene. He said he knew of multiple people that had been hit in the head with rubber bullets or beanbag rounds. And the medic and healer council described injuries including an elder who lost consciousness before being revived on site, a man who experienced a seizure, and a woman whose eye was injured when she was shot in the face by a rubber bullet. It's it's really unreal. And and, and what what's happening that I think often happens is that we have the technology and the um the cameras and the and the cell phones to document this stuff, right? And this happens with Black Lives Matter also. It's not that this stuff wasn't happening before. We just now have means to document it. Exactly. So this is part of a way, a longer history. And in fact, when we had um, Crystal Two Bulls on our show, who's a water protector, she was talking about how much she con- she connected this movement to the civil rights movement, where we also saw fire hoses and dogs being unleashed on protesters. It's hard to believe nowadays uh, with the language that they're using that Morton County is using, you know, the media outlets, some of them that are picking it up, or ongoing riot. And that you would think of a riot as people just going crazy and looting and breaking things and being a general menace. Presupposes that the water protectors are acting violently, or but that is not what's going on at Standing Rock. Right. And I think this is actually incredibly important because as we're now dealing with Donald Trump's presidency, I think that nonviolent resistance is going to be extremely important. And there's a lot that people, I think, can learn from the organizing that's happening at Standing Rock. And again, to me, it's pretty incredible that there hasn't been any violent response. I mean, these people are being hosed. They're being shot with grenades. Uh, concussion grenades. Dogs, don't forget dogs. Dogs. I mean, yeah, it's it's just a brutal attack. And I think that this is something that the country is going to have to learn from because I don't, we don't have the, the military. A violent uprising is not an option, not even on a moral level. We just don't have the, the arms to do that, right? Like, we're not going to be able to defeat Donald Trump <laughs> through arm struggle. You can't buy big enough guns. You, yeah, exactly. His guns are huge. Huge. Unbelievable. Well, even if you had big guns, they have drones. Yeah, exactly. That, so that's the thing. Lots of people, now that Trump was elected, I've seen this debate on the left over whether or not a violent response is justified. It's like, forget, that is such an academic point. You will not, you will, you will be killed if you try to do that. I mean, it's just a question of exactly. how and when, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned. And um, why do you think people are so uh, moved by this? And you said that you still have hope in in humanity. I saw that you tweeted that. Why is that? I always have hope no matter what happens, because right now it really does seem we're on a precipice of a dark time. But even the most depraved human beings, they can come back from it. And, you know, they can do good acts. Uh, You can't just stereotype a person because... You don't know if they'll change or if they'll decide to do something good someday. People aren't characters in a book or a movie. Right. Uh, You know, but I think the why this movement has exploded where some of the other ones just simmered. Like, uh, I really uh, believe in the message that Standing Rock is, you know, leading with nonviolence. And a lot of people can get behind that. And um, they're sincere. They're not willing to be bought out. Right. I'm sure they're probably, a, you know, approached by the Dapple people and, you know, and seeing if they, you know, could just throw some money their way. 
that's not what they want. They don't want a pipeline, you know, you you know sa- underneath their river. You said something so fascinating. And what's so interesting about this conversation to me um, is that it's so applicable to so many things, right? I mean, my intention was talking to you about what people can do to support, you know, the movement to protect water. But everything, so much of what you're saying is applicable to this moment right now. So you talked about the the significance of, of nonviolence. And you also talked about what you just said about not stereotyping people and that they're not, you just said they're not irredeemable. Or I don't remember the exact word you used. She said they're not movie yeah. villains. They're which not made movie me, villains, yeah. made me think of Disney bad guys. Yeah, they're no, not Disney bad guys. No Jafars but out But you there. said they could be, re- no Jafars, this is a Jafar-free zone. But you said they could be reached or brought back, I think, is what you said, when, when I yeah. asked you why you still have faith in humanity. And this is so fascinating because this is something that's coming up now, you know, when so many people voted for Donald Trump, who espouses racism and xenophobia, and there's a big debate over what to do about these people, right? My view is that no matter what, you don't have to have empathy or have a class analysis to realize that demographically they're relevant, so you can't just write them off and ignore them. But I also have a much more kind of holistic view, too. And what you were saying, I think, is so important. So can you elaborate on that more and how it applies to to the situation, not just at Standing Rock, but outside? Well, I think, you know, with with the election that happened, I guess a lot of us weren't expecting Trump to be seriously elected. I don't think he was either. We thought it was going to be, you know, he was going to make a show, and then he was going to lose, and then he was going to rally against it. But, you know, no one, you know, many people didn't think this was seriously going to happen. So it was a real shock that, you know, he's the president-elect. He's going to be our next president. Um, And it's really scary because we don't know what he's going to do because he lies about a lot of things. But the things he says he's going to do, like deregulate, you know, environmental regulations and all these things that people thought, so hard for most noticeably with his follow so followers and supporters you know they've become more forward into racism you right. know just in the past few weeks even more so than before right so yeah. that's that's really scary to people of color because we don't know if we're just going to be living our daily lives and we're going to be assaulted or attacked or you know <laughs> i don't want to be at the grocery store and for somebody to call me a racial epithet, you know, like, we just want to live our lives. We don't want to deal with it either, you know? Right, of course. Um, but do I think these people are bad people per se? I do think they can be reached. Nowadays, we can go find our own news and then Facebook has their own algorithm and, and they have fake news sites on there. So a lot of what people already think, um, they can get fed into even more so. So then they have these opinions based not on facts or talking with anyone else. It becomes a really insular kind of circular uh, phenomenon that happens. And, uh, you know, they're not getting new facts. They don't talk to people outside their demographic. Uh, and And they really should because it opens people's eyes. Like, you just can't judge all Natives or, you know, all white people or all black people. We talked to Arish Singh, who's a Sikh American comedian last week, 
And the what I thought was so important and what he said is that like if if people don't reach out, you don't have to view these people as angels. But if we don't at least try to reach out to these people and explain to them why it's not in their own self-interest to scapegoat people, then the people who pay for that are, are the precisely the people of color. Like, in other words, it's kind of a call to, to action. It's not just some people see it as kind of catering to racism or racist, but I think it's the only way to actually decrease it. Um, but- well, Exactly. And to bring it back around to no Dapple, they're just, they're putting themselves on the front lines uh, to protect people's water. And a lot of people drink from that watershed, I think like 17 million people. Um, so, I mean, it's for everybody right. um, because no one wants oil underwater. And these pipelines have been bursting in, in just the time that, uh, you know, no dapple has been an issue. Right. Um, I knew that one exploded in Alabama, and then there was a colonial pipeline leak. So you can't tell people that their water is going to be safe, and they're just worried about their lives, their children's lives, their grandkids' lives. And the people in the area, um, you know, in Morton County that we encountered that didn't support the water protectors, it's like, don't you know this is in your own best interest too, in your own family's best interest? The main reason we, my family went all the way out there to protest is because we don't want our grandchildren to ask us, where were you when the water went bad? What were you doing? How, how did you let this happen? I don't, I don't want to provide them an answer that, oh, I did nothing. I just thought it was going to, you know, heal itself or I just thought people were going to do the right thing. We were talking about this with Crystal Tubals, how this is kind of the great equalizer. I mean, there's environmental racism, right, where certain populations suffer more than others, but it, this is one of those few things that you can't really escape. Um, That's ultimately. right. You all need water. Everybody needs to drink exactly. water. It doesn't matter exactly. whether, you're, uh, whether you're, you're red, white, blue, green, orange. Right. Rainbow. You know, rainbow. Does, doesn't matter where you're at either. Yeah, it's not. Or where you're from. Or where you're from. Or where you're at. It's whether you need, drink, need water, and everyone does. So and I think what's really important about at Dapple is uh, the term uh, water protector, too, yeah. because it um, makes it uh, universal. Totally. That's something that everybody can get behind as a brand. Or water is life, right? And that is why you have so many people from different communities down there. Um, thank you so much for your time and talking to us and we'll we'll definitely link to uh your twitter account what is your handle because you okay. have great tweets it's it's at res dreams okay great R E Z. all right thanks and yeah we'll definitely keep in touch and um thank you so much for your perspective okay okay thank you thanks bye we are so happy to have with us Dea Schlossberg. Um, and Dea is an award-winning documentary filmmaker and producer. And she produced uh, Josh Fox's latest film, How to Let Go <laughs> of the World and Love All the Things Climate Can't Change, which yep. premiered at Sundance and is available on HBO and all over, basically, iTunes, Google Play. Another interesting thing to know about Dea is that she was arrested while reporting on a climate change protest. Street cred. <laughs> in, in Wahala, North Dakota. She was charged with three felonies and faces a 45-year prison sentence if convicted. That was on October 11th when that happened. And you, of course, are, are one of the 
there have been other journalists and protesters and filmmakers who have been arrested. Amy Goodman, Shailene, Shailene Woodley, Woodley, yeah, and of course people who who are not well known or are not right. journalists right. or filmmakers. So, can you tell us a little bit about where you are right now in this case and um, what brought you to North Dakota in the first place? And sure. Um, so initially. I went to North Dakota to cover an action that the the people doing it were calling the keep it in the ground action, which was the plan and what actually happened um, was that five people, five activists, would shut down fi- the five pipelines that were bringing all Canadian um, oil sands into the U.S. Um, there are there are five pipelines that, that transport that oil sands, and these five people were going to go to the emergency shutoff valves on these pipelines and shut them off because um, they're claiming that it's a climate emergency. And after pursuing all sorts of other options for, um, you know, curtailing climate change and, and the emissions that cause it, um, they, they were at the point where they felt like this is, it is an emergency and that was their last resort. And, um, so they did all sorts of research and, and figured out a way to do it safely, contacted, contacted the companies ahead of time to let them know what they were doing so they could take any emergency safety precautions, and then they actually shut off the pipelines, uh, which is 15% of the U.S. oil consumption every day. Um, so, so on this day, on October 11th, they turned off all of that. Um, five individuals. So as somebody who reports on climate change and reports on people that are acting on the front lines of climate change, either the the um, effects or trying to pre- prevent worsening climate change, um, I wanted to be there to to film this, to document it. Um, and yeah, I was there. I was shooting. I was filming from a public road. Um, and when the the police came to arrest the the activists that turned the shutoff valve. They questioned me, asked what I was doing there. I told, I explained I was a filmmaker. I was in, I was within my First Amendment right, documenting this event from a public road, and they arrested me, and held me in in the county jail for fifty three hours. Um, toward the end of that time, I was arraigned and charged with three felonies all conspiracy charges and totaling the the max sentences totaling 45 years. What were your alleged crimes? So it was conspiracy to theft of property, conspiracy to theft of a service and conspiracy to um, tampering with a public utility. Just a couple days ago, I actually reached an agreement with the state of North Dakota wherein I admitted no guilt. They admitted that I was acting as a documentary filmmaker. And the agreement is that over the next six months, if I don't commit a felony or misdemeanor, that they will drop all the charges and seal the case. So that is a huge relief on one hand that this will go away since I did not break a single law. The only fear is that you could do the same exact thing that you were doing, which is not illegal, and they could arrest you again and then count that as, right? Exactly. I mean, I was I was arrested for committing journalism. Right. And you may you may not be able to stay away from that felonious... Because you're addicted to journalism. I'm addicted yeah. to it. It's my... I mean, it, it pays my rent. Yeah. And I love it, and I feel like it does a, a service to society that I feel responsible to do. 
Right. So, I mean, you were saying on the one hand you're happy that that has happened, right. but is there another hand that was going to? Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the other hand is, I mean, yeah, I am wary. There are things that I am not going to be as eager to cover over the next six months because of the the risk that I face of, you know, violating this agreement. That said, I don't want to let this silence me. I still plan on helping get out these stories that need to get out there. So I, I might alter, you know, my exact role in, in how I go yeah. about doing that. But um, you got you have to be a pragmatist, right? Yeah. You, you have to be, be pragmatic, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let other people go silenced because of my fear. Maybe you right. don't need the byline for like the next six months. <laughs> yeah. Just just put a timer on your iPhone and like you just don't take credit for anything for six months and then boom. I'm right okay after that. not taking credit yeah. Yeah. ever. You could create an alter ego. You could do it right here. We could mm. help you do it. Absolutely. Actually, we should just say, we Gabe, we can alternate. She, whatever she films or reports, you publish it one week. <laughs> I publish another week. People will wonder how we're getting to North Dakota without actually getting there. But <laughs> that just creates more intrigue. But it's absurd. So they're saying you, they're saying you didn't commit a crime. Well, now in this agreement, they're saying yes that I was only acting within my right. role as a documentary so filmmaker. So it's absurd to me that they then have the power to make it conditional, right? I mean, if you didn't break the, uh, the law, they mm -hmm. have no place telling you that they will only drop it or or seal it if you do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that's a violation of something. But again, I do not expect you to turn this into your battle, right? Right. Because you actually have really important stories to tell. But of course, part of the story here is the chilling of of dis, of dissent and, and the chilling of, of protests and their coverage, right? I mean, this it all comes, so much of this comes back to the media, right? Making it harder for people to cover what's happening there, of course, makes it harder for the information to get out. That, of course, kind of decreases and depresses the morale. They don't even have to arrest them, which they're doing, thank God for small favors. You know, they're covering all their bases. But even if they don't arrest them, arresting journalists is not just a violation of, of, of free speech and a threat to democracy, as Josh Fox called it. Mm-hmm. And the degradation of the you know fourth estate, but it's also a way to actually inhibit the activism and resistance that's going on. I I think it could be it, it could be taken that way and used that way, but what I'm seeing and hearing from fellow journalists and filmmakers and and act, climate activists is that it's they're 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 seeing how important it really is. Like if if people are trying to be put down, that speaks more to how important it is that that people speak out and people go there and cover it. And and I, I'm only seeing an increase right. in, in people going to Standing Rock and telling these stories. And thankfully, like, the, the media community is savvy enough to, to recognize that and, and they're not being dissuaded. Right. I mean, you're right. I should have said that what they're <coughs> attempting to do, I think, is that, right? Yeah. I think, but, of course, they're actually emboldening people, right? Because I think you're right. When, when a cause is associated with the suppression of free speech that's a pretty good way to make it look legit and virtuous, right? Like you're on the right side of history. Yeah. You can't, it, it's really hard to argue with the First Amendment. Yeah. Very stubborn. Very stubborn guy. <laughs> I've tried before. He doesn't listen. Not an active listener. But, and, and it is, I mean, we were saying this, it is so amazing how important this is right now at this particular political moment. I mean, we, there's so much to learn. There's, this movement has been so incredibly successful at attracting, getting celebrities there at getting people who don't care about this stuff outraged, at 
like reaching people on an emotional level. I mean, it's like a lot of the civil rights movement did this too, right? It was able to reach people who weren't already in agreement. And part of that was because of the nonviolent response. And the other thing is like nonviolence is really brave. And we need to, I think I was saying on the last show that we need to have like sexy action movies that are like nonviolent <laughs> action movies where yeah. people just like stand there. And they just keep turning the other cheek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting fetal, just get fetal. Oh, is that is that a thing? Sure. I mean, it, it is now. It it I is think now, that's yeah. the hashtag yeah. for like it, yeah. the, our new activist training <laughs> boot camp. Fetal, yeah. Get yeah. fetal. Yeah, or butch nonviolence or hot nonviolence, sexy nonviolence. So many takeaways about, you know, how how much the media matters and how much dignity people have. And I know I'm not a, a respectability politics person at all. I'm much more woke than that. But this is extremely effective. I mean, you can you can we can talk about what how problematic it is and the tropes that it plays into but it's just extremely effective and it makes it really hard for people to write you off as extremist or mm -hmm. or or dangerous or yeah. too much or too radical nihilist and, loose cannons yeah yeah none and of that historically of that. has any has any movement that has used nonviolent civil disobedience been on the wrong side of history no maybe abortion protesters but they don't but they also kill people so forget that right that's, there, there's some, so, there's quite a bit of so violence there. yeah they're out of the, of the but no i think it's yeah that's a good point anything else that you want people to know about in terms of stories that aren't getting told in terms of things that were surprising to you in terms of things that people can do to support what's going on there and also what you plan to do well questions that i have that i would love to see people dig into and explore are who's making the orders at standing rock i just heard that there were 17 different police departments that that have been out there employed there I, i'm just really curious as to who they're ultimately answering to another issue that that i have a lot of questions about was eminent, eminent domain i know there's a there's a case um that has recently come up i think it is in west virginia you know people have recourse people are having recourse to fight back because they haven't been able to prove that anybody in the state will benefit from this particular pipeline going through. That nobody in that state is going to end up using the resources that are that are going to be flowing through that pipeline. And I, I think there are many cases in which these, you know, quote public utilities are, you know, overwhelmingly for private profit. I'd be curious to um, see someone really dig into to that issue and figure out like who who is this ultimately benefiting like we did that remember gabe it was it was on us to do that with obama and tpp mm -hmm. we're gonna have to get look into that again yeah about who's who's uh so you're saying we got to follow the money we got to see who's who's yeah, profiting exactly. from this exactly, yeah. and who's the dark overlord that's got these 17 different uh police uh bureaucracies uh, and it's just shuffling them around with responsibility, like three-card money. Oh, it wasn't these sheriffs that hosed them down. It was these guys. But those guys left already, so they're not culpable because right. they already stopped doing it. Yeah, it's the it's the Milgram experiment mm -hmm. happening out there, it seems like. And there have been some boycotts of that area, like uh, the Indigo Girls will not perform there. And there's also, I don't know if you saw this, but there's um, a report who's banking against the Sioux. And it looks at the funding behind the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is uh, a lot of banks. Chase. Yep. I saw Susan Sarandon is not using Chase anymore mm -hmm. because of their involvement. Um, I know just today Climate Hawks put up a, um, a, um, a doubling offer basically for Sophia's medical funds. I know you were talking about her before. Um, so 
So anything people donate to her medical fund, Climate Hawk will double Wow! right now. And you know who's uh, involved in Climate Hawks? Brad Johnson, friend of the show. Oh, Remember he's go. the straight white man. We were like, uh, I call him a rain man because he's a climatologist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that was when we said, you know, to get on the show, if you're a straight white man, you got to be twice as good. That's our mm-hmm. policy. That's good. Yeah. I like that. We also have a, a quota on light-eyed people, but you, you get in. I, I'm pretty dark-eyed. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, anything else that you want to talk about? I'll get rid of these awkward uh, pauses in our convo. Okay. Don't worry. Cool, so I can take a little yeah, yeah, time take to a, think yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think that everyone's been like, since the whole Trump election thing, everyone's been a little bit like... I'm invigorated. I mean, we're just getting, you know what? We're just getting closer. We're getting closer. To what? And uh, the uh, the contradictions have been have been uh, amplified. Oh, God, right. And we can, and now we know who the enemy is. And we can't hide behind, like, uh, our, leaders, our leaders having cuddly memes of them, like, doing the nene or, like, you yes, know. Yes, the uh, Dougie. Hugging a Muppet or whatever it is that makes us supposed to love these people in authority. Or our when... job is to have adversarial relationships with them and take as much power as possible from them. They are not our parents, and they're not to be trusted, believed, or uh, held up as some, like, uh, moral examples that we should live up like live up to. They're not, they're not right. exemplars of right. anything. They're crooks. The only people that go into politics are scheming narcissists. Yes, yes, and <laughs> yes, we can and. also... Um... It's, it, we need to have grassroots mobilization. Right. It's all about uh, from the ground up. It's about connecting with other people who are uh, vastly different than us and, uh, and, and uh, being mobilized by our values and our commitment to making the world a better place. You know, Just going to bring up Ben Jealous's interview. How about that guy? Which one? Our interview with Yeah, him? yeah. It was fantastic. It was good, right? Yeah. And He's... just the, the, the idea that, that um, elected politicians are not our saviors, that, that we're not to use them um, as our hope for change, but, right. but that they are, they are in positions to be pushed. And right. it's like, I think the metaphor he used was like, we're electing a dance partner. Yeah, like, exactly. We're, we're not, he said, exactly. He said, um, <laughs> uh, we'll never, we never, we're not electing someone who makes change happen. We're electing the person who will make it easier for our movements to make change happen. We'll exactly. never cede our political power. Exactly. Um, we're simply choosing the best dance partner. I love that. But That's right. Not that I paid attention or anything or watched <laughs> that video like a thousand times because I'm editing a thing from it. But yeah. I'd love that. Cool. Thanks for making what I said a little bit more palatable. No, but I liked, <laughs> well, no, because it's, it's, it's both. It's like we need the adversarial people who are calling the president or whoever's in power like elitist out of touch blah blah blah. and then we need people who are have one foot in the street one foot in the system and are are making them do it like the famous fdr story okay now go ahead a philip randolph fdr now go ahead and make me do it um you know but yeah i mean so what's next for you although you may not want to announce it because and I'd say be careful because there's no re like if I was in charge of a multinational corporation, I would just find ways to misdemeanor you. That's what I'm saying. Right. You're gonna get charged with jaywalking. Like well, you can't chew gum in the streets and spit it out, or like you're littering. It's yeah, thankfully I don't do that. But we're gonna if you do do that, you know what? <laughs> you're gonna get the Katie Halper show bump. That gives you a lot of immunity. They Thank know you. not to mess. That's right. The actual language is that I can't commit a felony or misdemeanor. 
which I interpret not that I plan on on doing anything illegal, and nor have I, um, but to be you know accused of committing something, I presume one would have to be charged with those things, and you know that takes going to trial and going through the the whole the whole motion, and I don't know that anything happens within six months. Oh yeah, in any court you know, that I'm familiar with. Thank God for bureaucracy and red tape. Right. And, and you, right? <laughs> hey, where can people find you on- online? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Dea Film, D-E-I-A Film on Facebook. Instagram. I'm the only, yes. I'm the only Dea Schlossberg, pretty much. Wow. So I'm findable. My last name, Schlossberg, is spelled with one S. It's spelled incorrectly, so that's also helpful. Little Ellis tracking Island. Me down. Little yep. Ellis Island dancing. Mm-hmm. The site that you mentioned is climatehawksvote.com. They're the people who are doing the matching yep. donations for um, Sophia, mm-hmm. who, again, has right. concussion grenade. Right. I mean, literally. And, of course, they didn't use them. We know that because there was actually concussion grenade found in her arm. Mm-hmm. I so, mean, the, the, look, the facts are simple, all right? The police, one of the 17 bureaucratic uh, institutions that's the iron fist of the state in uh, in league with the corporations is brutalizing Native Americans and uh, and and all of their allies, all of the water protectors, including a 21 year old student who just had her arm almost entirely blown off by concussion grenades, which are, by the way, non lethal. Right. I think it's a really good wrap up. And and the good thing is, I've been thinking a lot about movements and, and nonviolent resistance. This type of stuff is what turns people. I mean, it would be cool if the I don't know if it's going to happen if the police defected, right? But this these are the types of stories in a Spielberg movie that happens. Yeah, exactly. But these guys all have and uh, Tim Robbins is in it. These guys have kids to feed. They got retirement. They got you know. But they need them to have healthy water. It's uh they do they do but they do but that's long term. I know I you know? know we got to I think here I just figured out a plan. We got to put like a fast acting poison in the water. What are you, the Joker? What are we gonna do with this poison? <laughs> it's like in um, what's Breaking Bad? What to no, do is accelerate Montezu- things. Well, you were the acceleration as we were saying the contradictions. No, we need to give a few people Montezuma's revenge. Okay, how about that? Yeah. Nothing lethal. I find that offensive as someone of Mexican descent oh that we're calling the diarrhea that white people get Montezuma's revenge. I think it's very empowering, actually. I but, ca- um, I mean I kind of like it too, yeah, but yeah. I have to say that I'm offended. <laughs> It's because your woke, your woke. We just called it getting Zumas. Getting Zumas. Yeah, man, I'm down in Cabo with my brother and sister, and one of us starts exploding. Wow, you got the Zumas. That's hilarious. Thank you. Um, But uh, what were we just saying that? uh, You were talking about poisoning children. (laughs) Zumas revenge. But I don't remember what what the context was. To to illustrate how important water water is. is. I don't want to poison anyone in a lethal way. I want to give a bunch of cops diarrhea. I'm just a girl asking you to let me. What is it, Notting Hill? I'm just a girl standing in front of you, telling you I would like to give you some explosive diarrhea oh my for gosh. the sake of the environment. If we could just like uh, donate to the to the police down there, the Morton's uh, County Sheriff's, like a case of like Monster Energy drinks with yeah. like Ipecac in it. Oh my god! That's oh it. man, it'd be like that scene from Stand by Me where everyone's eating the pies and then they yeah, or explode. Dumb and Dumber. Or 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 problem child two on the Ferris wheel when the. I never, I never, all yeah. right. 
Who is that? Macaulay Culkin, who's problem child? No. We'll have to. We'll get somebody to look it up. All right. Anyway, if you guys hear this out there and you want to tweet at us who the star problem child two <laughs> was, please do. We're very interested. We're very interested. None of this problem child one Michigas either. Um. Any any final words? Oh man. So when, it, when is ending on problem child two a bad thing? Hey, it's one. It's a step up from on, from uh, explosive diarrhea Yo, re- for the revolution. <laughs> but that is a good metaphor. We need to make it apparent. That's the problem with environmental stuff is that it's never. And I get it. If I had to pay a bill, feed my kids, you know, it's like why it's people. It's easy to buy organic stuff when you have a lot of money. Right. And people take water for granted. Yeah. All over the place. But water is life. Well, Josh Fox, did did you work on Look, Gasland we, also? Uh, I didn't, but we met because I I directed and produced my, uh, my own film about fracking and, and um, impacts on... And what's it called? Ba- backyard. Backyard. Yeah. Another great metaphor. we got to make sure that we got to give people explosive diarrhea in their own backyards. Right. Latrines in the backyards. Bring it to the home front. Exactly. It's hard to ignore that. It's yeah. hard to ignore that. You're in your above ground pool in your backyard and out of nowhere, blow, explosive. What happened? Dea, Someone's got the Zumas. Dea's looking away. <laughs> case of the Zumas. Dea's looking away. You can laugh into the mic. <laughs> totally d- go crazy. We love it. And then whenever I say that, I think that people imagine me at, at like at talking to a guest and they're like totally straight faced. And it's like, I'm basically doing the Jeb Bush, like, please clap. <laughs> but really, it's whenever I say that, it's because they're they're laughing and, and looking away to be polite. Um, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And um, you got to come back. We got to, in fact, you, we should do a weekly check in with you. You hear that, police and justice system? We're like your parole agents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're yeah. Keep, keeping her honest. Yeah, are you working? You working? You got pay stubs? What yeah. do you What do you got to show me? I can I handle need, this. I need some receipts. Where'd you eat today? Sounds All right. good to me. Quiznos, nice. Okay. <laughs> Any documenting protests? Good. None. Okay, good. Anyway, but yeah, thank you. And um, you're a hero. You are a hero. And you're not an obnoxious. My last comment. You're not obnoxious. There's so many people who do this stuff, and they're like total egomaniacs about it. Thank you. I mean, I I never. This is what this was like. My line from the beginning is I never intended to be the story. Right. Um, when I'm on shows with Josh, he's really good at explaining that I'm I'm horrible at being in front of the camera. I hate having attention on me. So th- like this is really not a comfortable place for me. Right. Um. But I'm trying to use the platform to, yeah. to you know, I this is like a gift to, to have. Uh, I mean, what, what I do in my work is to try to give voices to the people that don't have voices and don't have the platform to, to tell their stories. And so this is, you know, I, if I can't be filming right now, because that can get me in trouble, um, I can be at least speaking out and sharing stories in a different way. Yeah. Awesome. Keep it in the ground. You're grounded. It all comes full circle. There you go. Thanks, guys. This has been a great episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. You hear extra bonus content and um, videos. You get videos. You get little gifts and memes. And uh, submit some art for us. Why don't you do that, guys, fans who like the show? Go crazy. Yeah. I like uh, baby pandas. (laughs) And I also like pictures of pigs taking baths. Like little ba- like baby pigs. Actually, we want a logo. Some lucky person will get to f- to provide us with free labor and make us a logo <laughs> that's of a a capric- of a goat and a crab. 
because we are goat and crabs. That's our signs. I'm Cancer. He's I'm a big old Capricorn. Capricorn and us in a boat, right? Isn't that what we're saying? Can we? Yeah, with some melting icebergs behind yeah, us. Yeah, so that, that's what we want from you, fam. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.